2: This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast.
3: Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out.
0: What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show, episode 561, September 13th, 2022, 2022 fall is here uh we've got some big games coming up we've got some big topics coming up on this week's show joining me as always miranda sanchez hello hi hello stella chung welcome back thank you many travels (laughs) around the world
1: Yes. And uh, for those of you who said that you wanted a nice long break from me, <laughs> too bad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. yeah. Good yeah. to have you back. Good yeah. to have you back. Just because t- you, you picked a great week. There's some spicy topics coming up on yes. the podcast this week. <laughs> and joining us from Los Angeles, we have the one and only Destin Bam! <laughs> <Yeah>. Hey, everybody. <laughs> full screen Destin Leguerre. We can stop this now. now. That's enough full screens over. It. It. Oh, my yes. God. <laughs> All right. All right. Justin. Keep it, under, uh, keep it under. Let's keep it under. I can't do but it. Like, like I, always I always do it, it
2: <laughs> in my cube. But like if I do it full screen, it's a little.
0: <laughs> the video version already out of control this weekend. We're yes. <laughs> sixty seconds into the show. All right, uh, let's just dive right in because there are a lot of fun topics this week. First. As a follow-up to our very long discussion, we got a lot of great comments on last week's show, by the way. I appreciate everybody taking the time to to listen through that entire episode (laughs) and that whole big 343 Halo discussion we had uh, and to leave a a constructive comment there on YouTube. So uh, we talked past, we talked present, we talked future of 343. And, well, as it so happens, we got uh, a big change to the present and now future of 343 In the beginning of this week, Bonnie Ross, the head of the studio since its inception in what, Earth 2010, 2011, right around there. Bonnie Ross has departed 343 Industries and Microsoft. Unfortunately, though, it's for a reason you just you never want to see. She cited a family medical issue that has uh, compelled her to step away from her role. She tweeted the announcement saying, quote, while I had hoped to stay with Halo until we release the winter update, I am letting you know that I will be leaving 343 and attending to a family medical issue. End quote. She's been with Microsoft for 28 years and has led 343 for 15 of those. Uh, she's worked on most of the modern, I mean, all the modern Halo games Halo 4, Halo 5, Master Chief Collection, Halo Infinite. Uh, and what's interesting here is three, four, three is taking this opportunity as a clip. If you're watching on video, uh, this is when I think this is from Vegas. When, she, when I sat down with her for IGN unfiltered, mm-hmm. well, which was a great conversation, by the way, if you want to see that. Yeah. Or there's me, ah. that's, that's, I know that guy, uh, just Google that or look it up on YouTube. I guess I should say just IGN unfiltered Bonnie Ross. And we had a really good chat. That was 2019, I believe anyway. Uh, The studio leadership and presumably Xbox leadership, Matt Booty, Phil Spencer, is now electing to split her role into three roles. So in a statement given to Windows Central, Microsoft says that effective immediately, head of production, Pierre Hintze, will take over as the studio head in Ross's place. He will lead ongoing development of Halo Infinite, uh, as well as franchise, and uh, or sorry, skip one. He's Halo Infinite, and then uh, as well as Master Chief Collection and future games, and then Brian Kosky will be general manager of franchise. So there's your Halo TV, your your you know outside of the games IP stuff, and Elizabeth Van Wyck will be in charge of, or if it's Van Wyck, I apologize, Elizabeth, if I'm getting that wrong. She'll be in charge of business and operations. So I don't know Brian at all. I don't know if we've. I don't think we've had the, the pleasure to meet him or, or or Elizabeth for that matter up to this point. But I, I will say I, my initial just reaction would have been, oh, okay. If they're splitting this, in, I would I would bet that Kiki Wolfkill will be taking over all the all the franchise stuff because she's been the point person on all of the Halo TV stuff. But um, presumably she's keeping busy with <laughs> with season two of the show and plenty of other things. But uh, I I will have to trust that. Brian and and Lizbeth know their stuff. And uh, let's let's just start with reactions here. You know, Destin, I'll, I'll go to you since you are not in the room with us. Let's hear from you first on your, your reaction to Bonnie's unfortunately reasoned departure here.
2: Well, from what I've heard, uh, just talking about Pierre really quick, apparently he had uh, a strong hand in helping get uh, the Halo. Uh, Master Chief Collection into tip top shape. So he has done a lot of work there. And now putting him on the Halo Infinite game and where that game needs to go seems like a good move. Now, I've heard a lot of people with crazy conspiracy theories that this was, you know, something else going on. But no, I do think truthfully that uh, Bonnie Ross. really did have a family medical emergency and there's nothing else going on here because if you look at the responses to this, you see people like Sketch thanking Bonnie for her years of work, Rod Ferguson, David Ellis. Yeah, a lot of people, yeah. Well, these are all people uh, that were either in the industry, but more directly related to Halo, like even um, uh, who's the main person on – uh, Staten, even Staten saying that he's incredibly grateful that Bonnie was able to bring him back. So she was laying the groundwork to get Halo back on track for a while now. And, um, one of the members who were form was formerly on the team was Chris Lee, who IGN had interviewed. You might've even interviewed it was him Miranda in and I. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Chris was the one that actually said and confirmed to you both that there would be couch co-op and split screen, which sort of seemed to be the breaking point for the community. And he's been gone. There's been a lot of leadership changes over the last few years. So um, I just wanted to bring that up because I have seen that a lot from the community that, oh, Bonnie Ross is gone. You know, Halo is going to be great now. But I actually think Bonnie did a lot of good for the the game and was working to um, – put it back on track where it needed to be regardless of what happened she always said that look if things go wrong it should be at my feet because i am the head person she was always willing to step up and take the blame for when things went wrong and she even said that uh when she was about to take over the halo franchise back in the in an interview from the halo five days she even went on to say that like look when Microsoft took it over. They wanted to, like, give it to Gearbox or somebody, make two more games, and then stop making Halo games. And uh, she really believed in it. She loved the lore. And uh, I I don't like... I, I didn't... Particularly like seeing all this hate towards Bonnie, knowing her history and what she has contributed, regardless of the state of Halo Infinite. We're all upset with how it is today, but I don't think you can lay that at one person's feet. I think that is a a larger issue that we discussed on the previous episode. People can check that out. And... Um, uh, hopefully things do get better from here. I'm excited about Pierre taking over and I wish Bonnie Ross the best with her family medical situation, which is just very tragic and unfortunate yeah, that anybody I, has to deal with that.
0: I think, Destin, the, the word you're looking for is uh, scapegoated. Like, I, I don't think, you know, we certainly were not looking to do that. It, it's it's certainly, the the timing just worked out weird where we happened to to do an entire hour on this Last Mm -hmm. week, Uh, though, as I recall, we never mentioned Bonnie by name specifically. We weren't looking to call any one person out. But, you know, we I stand by our episode last week. Certainly, you know, we we were frustrated. Halo fans wondering, is it time for for some sort of, you know, leadership management change? Um, It's unfortunate that it's coming on these terms. Miranda, your your thoughts on this?
3: Yeah, the first I would say is. One, of course, I hope everything works out for Bonnie and her family. Like, that's very stressful. And I, it's a little absurd to me that people think that it's a conspiracy, that she'd be like, there's a medical issue and I'm leaving. It's like, oh, wow, how convenient. It's like, no, that's really awful. Like, have some compassion. That's that's really awful. Um, so that's immensely unfortunate. And uh, as Destin pointed out, like, there's a lot of tracks here for Bonnie of her trying to get the studio together and getting people recruited. And I'm sure... Every a lot of things are a team effort, right? Like you don't just fail from one person. You can you can absolutely fail from one person, but I don't think that was the case, and nor was that the case we were trying to make in the last episode. We were just trying to say, like, fundamentally, there's some like structural or team or understanding issues with how the multiplayer and the life service structure needed to be made, and they weren't necessarily prepared for it. Nor has it seemed like they've reacted well into developing something that is going to be good for the health of their team and the health of the community. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean, all right, well, let's get rid of the top and keep going down. Like that's, that's not what we are saying. And I think it's just an immense shame that of course, that this is happening and that um, she's having, you know, personal family issues and uh, I hope everything works out for the best for her. And I'm interested to see what the leadership team now will do. Um, also very interesting and quite telling when you split someone's role into three roles. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> not good. Well that it's it's
0: indicative it. <laughs> that she was doing a lot. Yes. And, yeah. and and Microsoft clearly probably feeling too much that now like, let's you know, we can strengthen this role by by expanding it from one person into three. Mm-hmm. So it is, certainly you'll have you'll have three times the brain power focusing on what what had been one person's job, which should hopefully help address a lot of the issues that we were we were commenting on as fans. Last week, Stella, your thoughts here. <laughs> right back into the fire on a, <laughs> on a big, I was like, big oh, week man, of unlocked, I a big
1: one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's great that they are keeping the restructuring internal, which is good. Um, and I, I think that is, I think it's good that they're not making one person do all of the stuff. Which you know, again, you're just like, oh my god, she was doing a lot of work. Um, also, the fact that she was very willing to, like Destin said, um, take the responsibility. Uh, that and and um, that's. That's a lot like for one person to take, especially yeah. for a company as big as 343. Um, so I, I feel like that can get overlooked a lot because it's not quite easy taking all yeah, of the blame it, for as
0: that. As far as I know, I don't actually know for sure, but mm-hmm. I believe that 343 has the largest headcount of any oh, wow. any of the internal Xbox studios. I, if somebody on YouTube Thanks. will, will <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, um, but we know they're, at, the, at worst, they're a massive studio yeah, to yeah, your yeah. point.
1: Yeah, and, and they have a huge legacy to uphold, too, right? But, like, I mean, obviously, um, I wish her the best. I hope her family recovers quickly, whatever is going on there. Um, but I, I don't think that that keeps, you know, whatever discussion you had last week and my thoughts about Halo Infinite. Um, I, it doesn't make it moot, I guess. Like, it's it's still very valid. Um, Halo Infinite, I wish I could—I re- keep saying this uh, when, I, when I'm streaming and people are like, Oh, do you think you'll ever play Halo Infinite again? I'm like— Oh, maybe. But uh, it would take me a lot to go back now. And I'm like, I wish I could re-review it. (laughs) Because I feel like my uh, launch review was... It was accurate for when it launched, right? Well, oh, that's all we can launched. do. I mean, you yeah. know
2: we do re-review stuff, right? You could talk to Dan if you feel
0: strongly. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I know, we do. But, like, I, I feel like we do it, like, after a year, maybe, Yeah, like, well, this you know, winter up, maybe
0: after winter this year. winter update, <laughs> oh, we'll, uh, that'll be a yeah. good, you know, a good sort of benchmark to, to check back in on the game.
1: That is true, yeah. Uh, so she did mention that she's very excited for the winter update, um, and she also mentioned that Halo's future is bright. So I'm hoping that maybe the winter update will have something or maybe there'll be a more um, intricate roadmap release. But I've been saying that since release. Yeah. I've been yeah, saying have. that since Yeah. Updates. I mean, our last
3: roadmap we got was just sort of like, wow, that's yeah. very far away. That has a 2023 on it. Yeah. And, um, not, and having, have yes. <laughs> um, not having
2: Forge. Yes.
1: Not having split screen co-op is also very weird. Um, but, you know, it's like, okay, I'm still... I'm not ready to give up hope yet, right? And I feel like that's where a lot of people are, and it, it's just unfortunate because it's like, well, I guess we'll just see next update, and then you wait, and you go next update.
0: <laughs> this week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events.
4: And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like
2: funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) Well, I have to to imagine. I'm sorry. uh, I have to imagine that the couch co-op thing being eliminated is because they're looking at their internal resource and be like, well, what's everybody playing? And they said they rely a lot on data. But I, I think what they fail to consider is that sends a message to the community that something that was promised um, was not made a priority. And that's why people were so concerned, the whole split screen thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think when you're looking too much at data, you kind of lose sight of the soul of the product. And I, I worry that that's what has had started to happen with Infinite.
0: Well, let's, uh, let's stay on this, but we're gonna take a quick break be right back. All right. So we've been talking Halo and the departure of Bonnie Ross from three four three. The introduction of three new people to take her role that's been split into three parts. Stella, you mentioned that you you were glad to see that the the roles were filled internally, and you know it's interesting. I had a a different thought. Not that I'm not glad to see that, but I my knee jerk reaction, especially after our conversation last week, would have been okay. They're, if they're going to make a big change and and sort of restructure the studio leadership, I would have guessed that my knee jerk reaction or my knee jerk guess would have been that they would have brought in somebody from the outside mm-hmm. with a completely fresh perspective and I'm not saying obviously it's not my judgment to make we don't know how this is going to yeah. go. There are pluses and minuses each way right versus promoting from within somebody that already knows the team knows the Problems within the team and the structure and the culture you know and or the culture, if applicable, versus there are also strengths to bringing in somebody who hasn 't been yeah. exposed to any of it and will just come in with fresh eyes and examine it so um, yeah it's it, I, what I would like to see next, and obviously this all just happened, this is all new, not that I think by the way i, I don 't think like this bonnie thing happened overnight i don 't think she you know came in on Monday morning and <laughs> called Matt Booty and Phil and said, you know what, uh, I mean, we've got this family issue. I'm going to go ahead. And, no, I'm sure it's been it's been something that's uh, that's been in the works for a bit. But what I would like to see, we talked last week about that we do appreciate the transparency with the community, with these blog posts and what's going on with the game. What I would like to see now is a response to sort of as a follow-up to our big conversation last week, is for 343 to continue that studio transparency. I would like to see a, a big detailed blog post from each of these three new leaders talking about who they are, what they're, how they see the way things are, and where they would like to see things going. Or better yet, Pierre, any of them, they're welcome to I, come on the show. Like, let's, let's Talk to me about it. Talk to us about it. Um, as as we used to, you know, we do from time to time with Phil Spencer to check in. So, you know, open invitation and, and I am being serious, like open invitation. That'd be lovely. Um, but certainly the, you know, a, a blog post would be great. Any sort of just, I want to hear a plan, I yeah. guess is the short, like Twitter friendly version of what I'm trying to say. Uh, but yeah, we wish these three new studio leaders the best and, and hopefully it's going to lead to, you know, to, to better things for the game, better things for the community. We know they've, uh, and and by extension, the team. In that, I mean, they'd already been taking steps to uh, take care of the team from a mental health, mm-hmm. physical health perspective, with regard to trying not to crunch and and this and that. But hopefully, this uh, you know changes from studio leadership will create a, a better game, a better process that gives them that boosts their confidence too on the team, because it certainly, I'm sure, doesn't feel good for them to go out into the Halo community online and see. Shows like ours and discussions like ours about hey, you know we're frustrated with what's going on with this, but um, big changes afoot at three four three industries next up start, is, go ahead, Destin, sorry. yes, please I'm reading I'm about my setup, but go ahead ah, he, he started <laughs> at
2: Sega, so he's got my book. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh yeah, there's a big employee spotlight yeah. piece on him on three four three industries. Okay, so that at least tells that. you a little that was, bit about him. Twenty two years. Though. Oh, it
2: was
0: from twenty two years all... in the industry. Yeah, okay. twenty
3: eighteen when that was published. Okay, but still a good perspective yeah. on some of the. Work at least he's get he's done. a
0: little bit. Look, get to know him a little bit from yeah. uh, twenty six years. Um, twenty six years in the industry. Yeah, at, the four years.
3: As of twenty eighteen, his favorite game of all time, Civilization Four.
0: Mm, interesting. So That's- we can expect more Halo Wars games then. Oh, he's well, good at resource well, management. It's an RTS. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Halo Wars 3 confirmed. You heard it first right here on Podcast Unlocked. No, we'll see what happens. Uh, next up this week, unless, Destin, you had anything else to add. No, I'm sorry, Ryan. <laughs> just, yeah, I'm, I'm just busting your chops. Uh, no, this, this is our big spicy story of the week. So last week, Xbox boss Phil Spencer said... That new Call of Duty games will remain on PlayStation platforms for, quote, at least several more years after Activision's current contract with Sony expires. Well, it got a little uh, saucy out there because PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan, everyone's favorite game industry CEO, especially uh, lately, is calling Spencer's offer inadequate. In a statement to gamesindustry.biz, Jim Ryan said he didn't intend to comment on the business discussion until Spencer brought it into the public forum. Might quote, Microsoft has only offered for Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation for three years after the current agreement between Activision and Sony ends. After almost 20 years of Call of Duty on PlayStation, their proposal was inadequate on many levels and failed to take account of the impact on our gamers. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have the highest quality Call of Duty experience, and Microsoft's proposal undermines this principle. Wow. So some strong really... public words <laughs> here. Uh, my Destin, your tweet on this got a whole lot of pickup. My tweet on this <laughs> got a lot of pickup. But uh, let me start in the room here and go to Miranda for your thoughts on the CEO wars.
3: I would like everyone to pause the podcast for just a second. Okay. And go get some popcorn. But oh, it's it's here we go. <laughs> no, All not right. Me. No, no, not me. I just want because yes, yes, Michael Jackson Twitter. popcorn no. gif. Here we go. <laughs> no, I mean this is just so spicy. It is. I'm like Jim Wright. Okay. Okay. Well, what are you going here? Um, I think it's just a little, a little strange to see the call. It's like, well, if filled and bring out into the public forum. <laughs> we wouldn't have to pull off our gloves and throw them down. But it, like, it got very dramatic in that kind of sense of like, well, three years is just not enough. And, you know, the thing is, of course, I think they're trying to make a show of it as well because this is still under, under consideration. Review. Like yeah. they're reviewing this purchase. Like we don't know if this is going to actually play out. And I think the more that they throw a fit about it, which I think there's no... That's a kind way of putting it almost. But
0: Jim's trying to gum up the works, is what you're talking about here.
3: Yeah. And so by making that a very public argument, they're kind of building their I guess statement log that they can show up on Twitter and be like, this is what the fans said about this, and they're uh, backing me up. And, like, it's kind of goofy, but that is actually evidence. That's, of like, That's Mark how Hatt's we saying, got hey.
0: Zack Snyder's Justice League.
3: You know? Oh, God,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, weirder things have happened on the internet. Exactly. Or because of the internet. Yeah,
3: so speaking up really does have an impact. So I think him kind of saying, okay, well, you said something, so now I get to say something, <laughs> is sort of an interesting back and forth. And, uh... I, don't, I just think it's really funny. It's just like, this is inadequate. I don't know. I just... I don't know. that.
0: You're picturing a British accent on I that, am. aren't
3: you? <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing, like, the white powdered wigs and everything. Your offer
0: is inadequate. Yes. Oh, my
3: god. <laughs> Good, sir. Thank you.
0: Thank that's you.
1: That's exactly
3: it. And I don't know why, but that's just the image that I see whenever it gets to this very... It, it just feels very stuffy, right? And I get why, because this is a big... Money maker, obviously, everyone knows history. Call of Duty, like it or not, there are still microtransactions, there's still a lot of money to be set here, and so I'm sure that's why they're like, Well, we got to throw down, you know, our gauntlet and say, Hey, this is this is more than what we, we want more. And it's like, Okay, well, uh, <laughs> deal with it. I don't know, <laughs> and that's kind of hard to say, I think, at that point, but that that's just been my thoughts very quickly. Of,
0: Stella, you are a, a Call of Duty strong, player, yeah. as uh, mm-hmm. as Miranda and I are as well, yes, um, though. You you can actually handle yourself oh, okay. in multiplayer. I'm just over <laughs> here in the campaign. Can
3: I say one thing really Please. quickly? If this goes through, my greatest joy will be that I'll never have to attend a Call of Duty event and the default be a PlayStation controller. Oh my I'm god. I'm sorry, but I know yeah. I'm safe saying that here. First-person
0: shooter safe space, right?
3: Hate <laughs> playing first-person shooters on the DualSense. The the, the, the DualShock Dual
0: Dual 4. Yeah. The the, Dual Shot. the <gasps> up before now. Yeah, it was it was
3: it hurt me it, it actually doesn't, physically it doesn't hurt me It
0: shouldn't be like that yeah. it's just not it's not right <laughs> this is anyway. being clipped out by playstation fanboys on twitter right you know,
3: now listen I ha- it's nothing else controllers great
0: just i don't like it for shooters as well as i like yes. the microsoft controller I, yeah.
3: I agree and you know what <laughs> everyone's hands are different and mine just happen to be very small okay so that's that's <laughs> my but only but the fancy
2: thing. rumble stuff
3: that's really nice for You're stray ma- and other things but yeah. i don't need it for my weapons if anything it's a distraction it's like <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't need to. All right, we're, now.
0: we're taking poor anyway, Stella's thunder no, you're here.
3: You're fine. You're fine. I completely agree too.
1: By the way, yeah.
0: Um,
1: although I'm, I'm very much a keyboard and mouse person, I was anyways. Say, yeah. So like, anytime I see a control, I'm like.
0: Ugh. <laughs> Any control? You're like, Ugh. You console peasants.
1: I do like the Xbox controller a lot, though. Um, yeah. This. I mean, it's very funny. Uh, not funny. haha, To see, like, you know. CEOs taking to Twitter, right? Which is like... Well,
0: or, or to the media in this case.
1: <laughs> yeah, media, yeah. yeah. and um, Which is then going to be translated to Twitter. Right. Uh, but it's very interesting to see that this is where we have come to in the games industry, right? Like, where everything just immediately, like, it's reactionary, it's very, like, public everything can be publicized now like everything is just out there um and that's kind of again i mean that's how we got sonic's uh redesign right like there was an another ask, one. right
0: <laughs> unless that was all part of some I, plan right? yeah which, exactly <laughs> and it's
1: like it's i don't know man like sometimes it can be right sometimes there is a general like marketing ploy but like this stuff you're just like I mean you could you could have brought it up in a meeting, like you could have discussed it further, but I I understand that like now there is this culture that surrounds like, Oh, what are they gonna do next? Where they they have to say something, right? Yeah. So you also feel this yeah. pressure from like the general public, like, well, Xbox said something, like you should say something and it's it, it's just like this constantly perpetuated thing and it's really weird seeing it like growing up from you know from from the past where it's like oh this is it this is set in stone or like you know they have discussions and then they release it but now it's like all very just ongoing public discussions
0: yeah. <laughs> all right uh destin i'm gonna get your reaction here in a second but time's flying we got to take another quick break all right talking call of duty uh, which is there is a custody battle being had, <laughs> but by, by the I guess n- these parents were never married, so I don't know how this is. But whatever, there's uh, the analogy didn't work. It's it fine. It was a we'll,
1: situationship. Yeah,
0: so. we'll, we'll keep going. <laughs> so Destin Legere, uh Jim Ryan, is uh, it's pretty rich for, for coming from a dude who pays money to keep games off of other platforms, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it sure is interesting. Unfortunately for Jim Ryan, there were also a ton of dark documents released in the Brazil case against uh, Microsoft and Sony. So we kind of have some insight into some of the strategies Sony has uh, implied to crush Xbox, like paying developers not to release their games on Game Pass, paying to keep Final Fantasy Remake PlayStation exclusive. Uh, you know, things like that. The fact that they charged uh, cross-play tax, which many games, prevented many games for years mm-hmm. from having cross-play with Xbox, Destiny being one of them, uh, and Fortnite being the other. Epic basically had a game so big that they forced Sony to change their policies of, on cross-play. Continuing on, though, you got to remember that Call of Duty right now has a lot of PlayStation-exclusive things Mm -hmm. that they've been doing, and and PlayStation accounts for 70% of digital sales. So the statement, though, made was, first of all, back in January or whenever this was announced, this was before the deal was publicly announced, they were having this conversation. Three years is generous, actually, uh, for a company to offer – another company, a product that really they don't have to share at all. That's right. The only thing they have to share is because the CWA and the FTC and everybody is looking into it and saying it's anti-competitive. So Microsoft, from the get-go, has said that this is going to remain multi-platform. They felt it was uh, too big. And to be really specific about the about what they've said. Here's what Phil Spencer said in his blog post. To reach the billions of players where they are, and no matter what device they play on, we need to embrace choice. And using Call of Duty as the example, he continues on, in doing so, we will pursue a principled path. We've heard that this deal might take franchises like Call of Duty away from the places where people currently play them. That's why, as we've said before, we are committed to making the same version of Call of Duty playable on PlayStation on the same day the game launches elsewhere. We will continue to enable people to play with each other across platforms and across devices. So we're getting a conversation that took place in January where they talked about offering three years that has since evolved. Microsoft has been very public about offering crossplay. Uh, not crossplay, cross-release at the exact same time on PlayStation. The question remains, will those games being available day one on Game Pass bring people over to Xbox? I think absolutely. And I think Sony is scared of that. But Sony acting like some weird, wounded lamb in this situation, <laughs> when you are $5 billion ahead in the market as of 2021, uh, when you're keeping games like Final Fantasy Remake away from X- Xbox gamers by paying for that exclusivity, when games like, uh, you know, the upcoming Forspoken has a two-year exclusivity window on PlayStation, which, which PlayStation pays money for, or they Come up with deals for to keep those relationships exclusive to their
0: platform. We still haven't seen Deathloop come over to Xbox. Yeah, and and Microsoft owns that company now. (laughs) Yeah, it's all
2: part of the game. So stop acting like some wounded animal sitting on your five billion dollars of cash while you're increasing the the price of your console. That's
3: where that. Like I just
2: I don't buy it. And people think I hate Sony. I don't like Sony corporate policies. I love Sony games. And I think that's an important distinction to make. I think they've had a lot of poor corporate policies in the last year or two that I call them out for quite regularly. Right. So I just, ju- just,
0: like, just like yeah. we spent the, my first few years at IGN here doing mm-hmm. the same thing to Xbox on the like, – qu- being unsatisfied with their corporate policies that were just not working. So it it goes, it goes, you know, we're going to call out whoever needs to be called out. (laughs) So uh, if you're curious now what that proposed timeline looks like, per gamesindustry.biz, the current deal between Sony and Activision Blizzard around Call of Duty, which by the way, it's worth just noting that deal used to be between Microsoft and Activision, Back in the three sixty, the early three, first half or so of the 360 generation when Activision had signed up with Microsoft to have the DLC releases come first on Xbox and all that stuff. So again, it's as Destin says, it's all part of the business. Uh, so this, this current deal is believed to cover the next three releases, including this year's Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Therefore, the next three releases is going to be at least... Four years because they've already told us that there's no Call of Duty next year for the first time in forever. So um, I would say, you know, this is what I tweeted, just a very half snarky, but also stand by it tweet is that. Old Jimmy Ryan should be grateful for those three years, because Phil has 69 billion reasons to not to not give him anything past their current their current deal. But what I think this this courtesy uh, allows Sony to do, should they elect to take advantage of it, and I actually wonder if you guys either agree with me or disagree with me, or or have other theories, is by Phil saying, "Okay." We'll go for a few more years. We'll go for three more years after uh, after your current deal with Sony's up, or with, with uh, yeah Activision with, and Sony deal. What it does is, okay, if we look at the calendar, that allows Sony to say, okay, well, we know we, we can expect the Call of Duty might leave our platform in about four years. Let's get a team, let's get a, let's get something spun up. maybe we bring Socom back. As a you know military shooter, maybe we bring resistance back, or maybe we start up a, a new game in that genre in that space. So I, I think Phil's given him a chance to, you know, to to fill the void that would be left should Microsoft ultimately elect to pull that game off of PlayStation platforms and and have it on uh, in the Xbox ecosystem. Jaffe is quoted as just saying, instead of crying about this, why don't you
2: compete? <laughs> you know That's back in the saying. ps3 back in the ps3 era they had resistance they had kill zone they had games and they were actually trying to compete with call of duty and now they're just like oh we need call of duty you own literally the best first person shooter maker in the world in bungie and you're telling me you can't figure out what to do if you lose call of duty i don't buy it no not, a, not in any way
3: i would love to see bungie do a competitive multiplayer game that is not destiny cuz yeah. destiny's multiplayer is right Something
0: else. Well, they are. <laughs> okay. I mean, they're they're doing. They've got what two projects yeah. spun up? Destin, is that right? Yeah. Or is that, they have
2: yeah. the NetEase project, and yeah. they have another unannounced one. It could be yes.
0: like Destiny three or something. Yeah. What was the code name? There's know. a code name for it, isn't there? The, the don't, kinda, remember. Yeah, don't remember. Don't yeah. remember either. <laughs> but, but putting if, everybody on the spot.
3: If that would have been, you know, maybe Sony's competitor. There you go. Maybe. I mean, I think the to play. Not really playing devil's advocate, but like kind of in consideration. When you're going with Call of Duty, like, that's obviously a very history name for good and bad. And I think that has a lot of recognition for a lot of reasons. And I think that they might use that as sort of a a counterpoint to be like, well, yes, we can do our own thing. But it's not going to have the same name as this. So, I don't know.
0: We could do our own thing, but that's really hard.
3: Yeah, that takes effort.
0: (laughs) Well, let's, we got to do one more break and we'll keep talking about this in a second. (laughs) All right, we're still talking Call of Duty and uh, the big battle here between Jim Ryan and Phil Spencer. Uh, they should just rock, paper, scissors for it, <laughs> except, you know, except for the part where Phil paid $69 billion. So still <laughs> like papers. Like papers. The, the point is moot because
2: they've committed to keeping it multi-platform. So why are you still crying about it? That's what I don't understand.
0: Yeah, well, there, so there's one other theory that's been posited that I would like to get all of your opinions on, mm-hmm. uh, and that is that this is just f- major leverage to try and get Xbox Game Pass onto PlayStation. Is Uh-oh. that is that a crazy thought? You seem to you seem to think yes. There, based on your facial reaction, Stella.
1: I I just feel like that would be a really hard sell for PlayStation. Yeah,
0: I can't. I can't. I agree with you. By the way, I can't <laughs> see them ever going for yeah. it. Yeah.
1: I mean, look, they're taking the right steps to make their own game system, subscription system better, but, like, I don't
3: know if that's the fix. I don't. I think that's hilarious. It is hilarious.
0: (laughs) It would be objectively Uh, hilarious.
3: I... I, Just to, not to take away from your time, so, okay, but... (laughs) What? (laughs) 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 I mean... (laughs) Sony does not play ball. Sony does not want to join the other kids on the playground. That's true.
0: They've been, they've had to be dragged kicking and screaming every time, like with Destiny, yeah. bringing up the, the the big. I mean, the crossplay thing that was the biggest example exactly. in recent years. We saw
2: uh, those the emails, and they were spicy.
3: Yeah. The only thing, or the only other company that I would see being amicable to putting Game Pass on their system right now. It's Nintendo. Like, weirdly, what you'd think, Nintendo is very hesitant to do a lot of things. Like, well, they're also working on cloud gaming. They're working on streaming. And I think Nintendo and Microsoft have done some things together, and I could see them maybe spinning up some. They're
0: neighbors. Yeah. They're Redmond neighbors. Yeah. I
3: could see them spinning up something to be a little different, and maybe say, like, okay, well, we'll give you these as part of, like, a Nintendo Game Pass pass. Right. You know. Game Pass
2: Pass. Yes. (laughs) I think it would be wonderful if Xbox Game Pass was on PlayStation and PlayStation Plus was on Xbox. And I think there's a lot of money to be made. And as we move into the future and we're all going to be just bringing up games on our television and playing with low latency, Samsung's doing it right now with Game Pass. I think the console becomes an option for gaming and it could be used as a vehicle for services as opposed to this exclusivity thing. I think we're moving away from the idea of Um, consoles being the only way to access things, and we're seeing a point where the industry is growing very quickly, and a lot of people aren't comfortable with it yet. But it's going to be interesting to see where we are in 5, 10 years. Yeah,
0: to your point, Destin, I think that's, you know, Sony's strategy has worked brilliantly for the last decade. Everything they've done with locking in these various third-party exclusives, growing, doing such a phenomenal job of growing their first-party studios into this group Mm -hmm. of world-class studios. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But now it's almost like, you know, it's been kind of a David Goliath thing and, you know, Microsoft with the big fat wallets Goliath and (laughs) David's been poking Goliath in the eye for the last 10 years and, well, Goliath woke up and shook it off and, well, wait a second, I'm Goliath, why am I standing for this? And it's like, just all right, here's, I'm going to start, I'm going to start leveraging my resources to be Goliath again. So, and and
2: some are, some are starting to feel like we're seeing a PS three era Sony again, where they're just kind of arrogant. And like, (laughs) if that continues, it's, it's not going to be good things for them. Like, And this comes at a time also, mind you, when they've just reduced the cost of the components in their PlayStation 5, but are increasing the price of the PlayStation 5 in many territories, which is just – it's not a good look for the industry leader to be doing stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I I was going to say I feel like we do see these companies – like before, these companies used to be very, like, separated, right? Like, oh, Xbox stuff is Xbox, ps PlayStation is PlayStation, Nintendo is Nintendo. But now with Xbox kind of breaking barriers with also including PC and now like even sharing things with Nintendo, you're just like, you have to kind of get with the times and drop your pride. Like you are still a great pillar of the gaming community, but we have expanded beyond needing exclusivity like this. So I feel like PlayStation has definitely been one of those platforms where you see that pride still being like kept, right? And it's like, it, it doesn't work with today.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, that's fair. And and granted their their big exception, Bungie from what we were told specifically said, "All right, if we if we're acquired by you, we're going to keep putting our games yeah. everywhere." And Sony said, "Okay, well we're, <laughs> we're okay with that cuz it's going to get more active users and more money coming in from you know DLC and other purchase content." So um, I, I
2: think that was a, a requirement yeah, on Bungie's part. Yeah, the deal sta- never would have closed that, right? Yeah. And the interview I did with Pete Hines not that long ago, that was a key tenant of their, you know, company mantra, basically. I don't think he ever would have sold this. They ever would have sold the Sony without that caveat because they were owned by Xbox at one point and they yeah. got out of that deal. And I don't think they ever want to go back to the way things were. I'm very excited about what Bungie's going to do for PlayStation yeah. 10, 10 IPs, you know, with Bungie's help it. It could be a really good thing for Sony in the future. And to give Sony a little bit of credit, I hope they continue releasing games on PC and they reduce the window of time as they've acquired so many studios to help them do that. Uh, to reduce the amount of time that it takes for those games to get PC. Jim Ryan has specifically said he wants more people to experience their world-class games. And I, I've given them a lot of props on a lot of the changes they've made, especially in 2022. It's unfortunate to see this, this setback.
0: Yeah, and and uh, one other bit on Bungie too, Destin, is Bungie's tech, which is you know nobody ever, nobody's can really compete with them in that uh, you know persistent live service looter shooter genre in terms of their infrastructure, their engine, all their network architecture, and Sony can now leverage that with any of their other studios as well, which is yeah. uh, which will be big for them as well. All right, we are already, gosh, we're very deep into the podcast and I've <laughs> got to get to this. There were two showcases over the weekend, one on Friday, one on Saturday. Uh, I confess I didn't I checked out on over the weekend and did not watch Ubisoft forward, but I caught up to with it on IGN uh, on Monday. But what I, I want to start with the Disney and Marvel showcase from Friday, Ubisoft again had their Ubisoft forward on Saturday. So the probably the biggest thing, from the Disney show, Disney Marvel Showcase, was the still-untitled single-player game from Amy Hennig and Skydance Studios, which will uh, apparently have you bouncing back and forth between four characters. Steve Rogers, Captain America, Black Panther, but not T'Challa, it'll be Azuri, which is t- uh, T'Challa's grandfather, Gabriel Jones, a non-superhero, U.S. soldier... And a uh, word, my place. I lost my place. And a member of the Howling Commandos. uh, Excuse me, Nanali, the leader of the fledgling Wakandan spy network. And the game is taking place during World War II. Now I got to interview Amy Hennig, uh, which you can see on IGN.com or on YouTube.com/slash IGN. And my first, you know, I knew she wasn't going to give me much, given that we don't even have a title for this thing yet. But I I went fishing to see, well, will she at least tell me if this thing's co-op or not? Because when you hear that pitch in 2022, certainly my default expectation was, oh, it's going to be a co-op game. It is not. It is a single-player, Amy Hennig, character-driven, pulpy adventure story game where you alternate uh, from these back and forth between these four characters in a story. Uh, And it... Pencil me in as interested. I'm actually... Nothing against co-op, but I'm more interested in it now because it's it's Amy Hennig doing her thing. Mm. Yeah. Miranda? Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just more of a DC fan generally. That's okay. Um, uh, Captain America's fine. I know a lot of people really love Captain America. I think he's charming. Do I want to play his game? Not really. Black Panther, though? Yeah. I'll, I'll try that out, probably. I might just watch someone else play it, but... Um, yeah, it's just like the IP, right? It works for you, it doesn't, and that's for me, true. I'm just sort of on the front yeah. of like, oh, that's cool. I'm excited. To, I'm excited for everyone. I'm yes. excited by yeah. everyone else's excitement.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Stella, Amy Hennig has not directed a game in quite a while, so it's it's she's one of the best creators we have mm-hmm. in this industry. I, I, that to me is probably like item number one on my reasons to be excited about this list is because Amy's back.
1: Yeah. So I. I didn't realize who she was until I looked up, you know, everything that she had done. Yeah. Um, I loved the Uncharted games. I got very tired of the uh, combat, though, because, you know, you'd go through the combat, do some puzzles, then you come back come into a new area and you're like, uh, those hay bales are organized very uh, <laughs>
4: cautiously yeah. and
1: you know you have to be in a battle for uh, like five minutes. Um, but I, the story was always solid, which is why I kept playing the games. Um, and at first I wasn't really sold on the World War II thing, but that's just because I played a lot of FPS games that yeah. revolve around that. But obviously with the characters, with this being in like a a totally different universe, that sounds very cool. And also the fact that you don't just play superheroes, you play normal people, like a spy and just a soldier. I'm like, okay, that sounds really interesting. It'll be really cool to feel the difference between playing someone who obviously has like, you know, powers versus Superhuman like, abilities, yeah. Yeah, and I think that'll be really cool. Um, the setting seems interesting in this aspect. So I'm, I am excited for that because I'm so tired of World War II, like FPS stuff. And it's about time that we get more story-based things. And Uncharted stories were just amazing. So, yeah, I'm very excited.
0: Destin, your quick thoughts on this uh, Amy Hennig project. Which, by the way, she also has a Star Wars project that we don't know about yet. It's been just announced that it exists, but we don't know anything about that. And she worked on Forspoken, anyway. Yes. (laughs) She was a writer Uh, on that game, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, So, I don't know how to feel about this at all. I don't get a lot from the, the trailer. Even the, the additional context they've given have been very vague. So I'm my interest level's fairly low if I'm being totally honest. No, I fair. love I love uh Captain America. I like the idea of throwing a shield around and uh Black Panther obviously a beloved character and uh the fact that there's four characters to choose from. It's interesting. By the way, this trailer does remind me a lot of the Indiana Jones trailer. (laughs) It's very very conceptual in nature. Um, Slow pan around the desk with some stuff in German. Like, I don't really, I can't even picture what the gameplay is going to be like. Right. So uh, for me, that makes it hard for me to have any excitement for a game when, okay, like you can't just say a bunch of superhero names and have me be sold. (laughs) Uh, like, I need a little bit more context. Well, so, hype levels, medium. Even though I love fair. Amy's work. Like, well, seriously.
0: I was going to say, so, you know, Xbox fans probably aren't really that familiar with Amy because she did all the uh, on the first three Uncharted games. That's where she really kind of became Superstar uh, Amy Hennig. But hold on. Legacy of Kane. I was going to get modernize. to that. I was just going to get to that. <laughs> but, yes, uh, that's why I said, Destin, you should be excited because amy did legacy of kane (laughs) as well and so it's it's a it's a triple a amy hennig game so that's that's uh, reason enough to to get me hyped and optimistic as we learn more about this game uh no doubt next year
1: imagine being that influential that people are just like oh she made this game hell yeah i'm on board like that's where i want to get kojima's in in that
0: group too right there's a small handful of people i love that that makes me
1: so happy to hear a woman's name yes that. that makes me so happy like I want to curse, but yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's a, just her track oh, record is, speaks for itself. Yes. She's mm-hmm. done a lot of amazing things in this Very industry, happy. and hopefully it's going to keep going with Marvel and then the Star Wars thing yeah. she's doing, too. Uh, we'll run through the rest of these quickly. Marvel's Midnight Suns, which had been delayed twice the last time they just didn't give a date. Well, now we do have a date. It's sneaking in this year, so it's a big game that is going to make it in 2022, at least as of September 13th, (laughs) and it's uh, (laughs) the date is December 2nd for Marvel's Midnight Suns. The Switch version will come later uh, for probably obvious technical reasons. That's going to require some more more uh, development magic to to uh, fit into the Nintendo Switch, but we'll get it on Xbox series this December. A Tron game called Tron Identity from uh, Thomas Was Alone developer Mike Bithel. It's a visual novel adventure, so that's uh, something you don't, you know, you wouldn't (laughs) necessarily associate with Tron. It's certainly you associate it with Mike Bithel, Mm -hmm. but that's, yeah, that's a a pretty cool team up there. I'll be eager to learn more about that because, as you see, if you're watching on video, the trailer did not give us anything other than a, a Tron disc. And then, uh, yeah, those, I mean, honestly, the, the the rest, yeah, well, we didn't see Spider-Man 2, we didn't see Wolverine, um, which I'm sure they're talking extensively about on Beyond this week. Unless we get those in the state of play that's airing oh, in a few not hours a chance. after we <laughs> yeah. after we, uh, PlayStation fans
2: need to chill out, like, <laughs> you're not
0: getting Spider-Man and, and Wolverine anytime soon. Now it's on tape. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if that <laughs> quote comes back to bite Destin in the ass. I do no uh, love when Destin's
1: wrong.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I will say of all the Marvels. I I I, love I would be Wolverine. St- I love Wolverine. So Insomnia. I would be Wolverine- stoked
2: if I yeah. was wrong. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I Just yeah.
1: look, as my boss, I gotta love it when you're wrong. You know. <laughs>
2: I hope I'm wrong, but <laughs> more this, often like, my boss is are not going to show he'll, Spider-Man if he's too. Wrong
0: enough, yeah. He won't be my boss anymore. Oh, he'll no. be gone. No, 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 no.
4: Wait a minute.
0: Dustin's a great boss. <laughs> <laughs> I was paid to say that. All right, let's uh, let's get to the Ubisoft side of things from the Ubisoft Forward. It was assass- an Assassin's Creed party at the Ubisoft Forward. Sure, there was some neat stuff. Uh, like a game I'm very much looking forward to this fall, which is Mario and Rabbids. I love the first one on <laughs> Switch. Be looking forward to Don't the sequel. Don't look at
1: me. Nobody look at me. Mom, you I all looked, looked at, at her, and she just immediately... Just leave me alone.
0: Someone's going to do a slow-mo, like, zoom-in <laughs> gif of that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Assassin's Creed. Can uh, That one's okay to talk about. Yes, Miranda? Yes. Okay. <laughs>
3: we like assassins here.
0: Okay. Uh, so the headliner here... Was Prince of... Oh, excuse me, Assassin's Creed Mirage, <laughs> um, oh. which you know, you, at first glance, you're like, wait a second, are we are we secretly making a Prince of Persia? No, it's an it's an it's an Assassin's Creed game, uh, and it's set 20 years before Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and it's set in Baghdad. The trailer here, which we're looking at now on video, no gameplay, but it's a really cool cinematic trailer it's pretty. with fingers getting chopped off as an initiation and you know running around the, the the point that this trailer is supposed to convey which uh, excites the olds like me is nothing against origins and valhalla uh, and uh, you know and the, all the recent massive rpg games in the series but this one mirage is bringing it back to the og stealth era this is supposed to be an uh, like a in the style of the original assassins creed games all about stealth all about sneaking around and uh, sign me the heck up for that. Yeah. Destin?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I am very excited that they are getting out of the, let's make 150 hour, 200 hour long games and getting back to that sweet spot of like 20 to 40 hours if you do everything, you know? Uh, I, think, I think that's like a much better place to be. I like the idea of being able to just play through the main campaign. And uh, the fact that it's back during one of the the original sort of games has me really excited. I, I love those games. Uh, a lot of Brotherhood vibes from this one here, which I feel is probably still to this date one of my favorite Assassin's Creed sure. games of all time. And uh, I'm very excited about where this could be going. It, it feels more like the heart of AC and um, not to say anything against Malhala. But even Ubisoft's commitment to make more focused games as opposed to games that have to do every single thing so that they appeal to a wider audience is very exciting to me. And uh, this kind of shows that.
0: Well, it's it's not that Ubisoft isn't going to make the 150 hour RPG Assassin's Creeds anymore. We'll get to that not in a all second. All they're gonna make, right? We'll get to that <laughs> yeah. in a second. But uh, Stella, first up, your reaction there to yeah. Mirage.
1: I mean, I think my biggest criticism of the latest—I uh, almost said Animal Crossing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Different AC. AC. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, uh, the modern um, Assassin's Creed is just that, like. It just feels so far off from the original trilogy, which I really loved. It was just the, the the complicated relationships between, you know, the different characters, having the modern day stuff, and then the flashbacks. I loved that so much. So seeing this kind of, and I'm like, you know, of course, the classic garb, it makes me so happy to see that. And I'm just like, oh yeah, it's going to focus on the brotherhood again. This is going to be so good. I'm so excited. Like, I want to, because you, you saw that, right? You see these assassins, you're just like, I want to know about your elite club. Let me in. Like, what can I do? Let me, let me learn some more. And this kind of sparks that curiosity again. So, um, yeah, for the first time I'm like, in a while, I'm excited for a Ubisoft game.
0: (laughs) Miranda, your thoughts?
3: I think it's pretty cool that they took a bit of time actually to do something different with Assassin's Creed. Uh, I really liked um, Odyssey and parts of Valhalla that I played. So I I think it was cool that they changed it up, but at the same time, getting back to it makes it more exciting, right? Like, if you just have this game every single year you wouldn't have the same reaction we do right now and so i think it's cool that they had some time to explore different characters different settings and now they're like all right let's bring it back a little bit and i am curious to see how much of that sprawling open world they still have and like the collectibles simply because of my job i'm like all right <laughs> some
0: hay, all the hay piles to dive into yes
3: yeah yes and, and i think I <laughs> the almost,
2: flags yeah the yes. flags were the thing in the first one.
3: Yeah, but very passive Assassin's Creed player. I'll, put, I'll dabble for a little bit and I'm like, oh, that was cool. And then I dip out. But, you know, I think uh, this one looks cool as well. So, so like take a
0: looks. quick walk with me here. Yeah. I want Mirage to be a fantastic game. One, because I want an, an old school style Assassin's Creed game to be to be awesome because mm-hmm. it's been a while. And then I want that great game to sell really well. So it tells Ubisoft that, hey, turns out people will buy stealth games again, which will only feed into more resources, more marketing support, more love for Splinter Cell, the remake of which <laughs> is underway and it's years off. Basically, I just want this to do super well so that it leads to more Splinter Cell games mm. because it stealth stealth will, will be uh, back in vogue at Ubisoft instead of being, <laughs> you know, clearly stealth has been... Has been cast aside here for the last number of years at that publisher. So that's. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that walk with me. I, I
3: appreciate the walk. Yeah, we <laughs> see, see the vision. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, it's, uh, there's always a master plan, and it always leads to Splinter Cell. So you can you can bank on that. <laughs>
3: I wonder what this green is about in here. I don't
0: know. <laughs> well, when whenever that game comes around, we're gonna have to just like put Sam's the the three green light Whoa. goggles back there we'll on the behind video you wall. Somewhere. yeah yeah like right above my saying. head on yeah. the yeah we'll, we'll make it happen <laughs> uh all right we're gonna keep going we've got so we've got 24 more minutes of podcast because there's just too much i can't stop here because there's so much good stuff to let left to cover starting with a little more assassin's creed Destin. you were hinting at this uh the Long rumored Assassin's Creed Infinity, like oh, what's this? That's been bandied about, leaked for a while. What's what is this Assassin's Creed Infinity? We all kind of figured, well, is that a that, is that a game? Is it a live service Assassin's Creed thing? Kinda. It's a platform and a hub that will serve as the future sort of home of the Assassin's Creed franchise. I guess maybe not unlike. The Master Chief Collection, in a way, is—I don't know if it'll actually oh. work that way, but that's, mm-hmm. I think, a way that Xbox fans, at least, that's the first first thing my brain jumps to is, oh, it's like, it's a one stop shop to go for all of my—you know—I just launched that, and all my Assassin's Creed stuff is in it. Uh, so, that's that's what Infinity is, and the first two games for that Infinity platform. 1 will follow the life of a shinobi in feudal Japan. Yes, we're finally getting the feudal Japan Assassin's Creed game. Uh, and another is helmed by we just talked Splinter Cell, Clint Hawking, who was the one of the lead designers on uh both Splinter Cell and Chaos Theory, and he most recently did Watch Dogs Legion. That's uh so those are the t- those are the two games. So the first one is Codename Red, Assassin's Creed Codename Red. Not a lot revealed there. And then the second one, which is Clint Hawking's game, codename Hex, which may feature witchcraft. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know
2: that. I jokingly (laughs) said, I jokingly said this is just Assassin's Creed Blair Witch. And, (laughs) like, very clearly, uh, like I, it looks to me like Blair Wets. That's all I can think about when I look at this. To the point where there's like things tied up in trees made out of sticks. Yeah, yeah right like, here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm very curious where they're gonna go with this. I'm I guess we'll see.
3: Also curious of the kind of witchcraft because if you're doing the forest and the wood sort of trees, like you kind of evoke like the. It's weird to me. They're like always like the pilgrim era witchcraft in the woods. Like, oh, don't go in the woods. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the witch, like that yeah. movie. That black Philip running around. Can he be your companion? Because I'd be down with that. <laughs> That's the Assassin's Creed game I'll play. <laughs> so... I would
1: love it if it was like just a band of women assassins that were yeah. like, but they're the ones that are being accused of being witches. And that would be really cool. I would love that.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, the more the more cool Assassin's Creed games that can be made, the merrier. <laughs> Um, I, a, a multiplayer. Go ahead, Miranda. Sorry, just sorry, one please. very quick
3: thing. Anytime I see hex, I do with a video game reference. I don't first think of witchcraft. I think of hexic.
0: Oh yeah, well see that's, oh, what, that's where my brain went first too. It was like, <laughs> oh, so it's like, oh, is this hexic. is this just gonna be like a hex based tile, you know, s- turn based strategy thing? Like, I are we love... are we expanding the franchise into? That was where my brain went, but I'm I'm glad it's. Not that, and it's a cool Listen. witchcraft thing. I
3: mean, it could be, though, right? You could like, have it a little bit be. of Hexic in your hexing. <laughs> How do you cast <laughs> the spells? You have to play a little bit of Hexic, okay? Ooh, now oh, now we're
0: cooking, Yeah. I-
3: you guys, I freaking love hexing, right? no. Okay, so no. I, I think it's really cool that whenever you get into these magic systems or something, or incorporate puzzles in a unique way, like that's one of the reasons that I love lock picking in games because some of the best games um, have different instances of hacking or lock picking, and it's a little bit of like a fun mind puzzle for you, just for a few seconds. What if it's a card? What if it's a card based game? <laughs>
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Need a minute. <laughs> yeah, there Thank it is. You. Uh, you know, you've this is now you've reminded me. Like, Getting so good. Hexic is so good. is what a the, classic. It's the answer to a tri- an Xbox trivia that somebody could have sent in by now. Oh. And it's what what was the last pack-in game for any Xbox console? That's it, right there.
3: yo I spent so Hexic much
0: time.
3: Hexic HD on Hexic
0: HD. <laughs> Yeah, we all. If you had, if you bought a a three sixty premium, mm-hmm. if you bought oh, the premium. one without the hard drive, you did not get Hexic. But
2: most people They're bought. just doing threes. What are they doing? <laughs> uh, Whose
0: gameplay is this? There <laughs> it
3: goes. There's a big the big shift. Yeah, yeah. They you are gotta, just doing yeah. three.
0: And now, do, now, yeah. I now we're all mesmerized spot. by the Hexic, and the show is ground to a halt.
3: I'm gonna go play this after. Anyway, if you're not watching, <laughs> please at least just watch this Hexic's one clip minute yeah. to see Hexic in all its glory. And if you guys never. Played Hexic. If you were not around for that time, just do yourself a favor. Thank you. Stella, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to force you to <laughs> come by my desk after okay, this. We're going to go play some Hexic. <laughs>
0: yeah, that was good times. Hexic was uh, endless amounts of good times. So there you go. That's the, that's the Assassin's Creed umbrella that's uh, that we got treated to at Ubisoft Forward. Xbox has announced a cheaper. Elite Two controller, the core controller. So it's your Elite Wireless controller Series Two, which I recognize as a mouthful. Uh, the I, it's two tone, which I love the look of this. It's it's. I'm going with Oreo. Everybody, join me. This is the Oreo controller. Yes. Yes. If you're on board, because it's it looks like an Oreo. Um, but Miranda will be pleased to know that later this holiday, later this fall, this new the uh, new. Elite controller is going to go into the design lab Yay! for you to tweak and do whatever you want, whether whatever colors you you might be interested in. But here's what I think is really great about this. Not just that it exists. We've got a new one now for the Xbox Series X. They've increased the warranty up to a full year because obviously, you know, the, the rep, the reputation, unfortunately, is a deserved one. They that break. They break that these particularly the shoulder buttons. So that will remain to be seen. I can't imagine that they haven't I, I would I would be willing to bet lunch that those bumpers are not going to be a problem anymore. I hope so. Because Microsoft is not one to just be like whatever will. It's just just use the same template. The the f- de- defect rate is whatever we'll just live with <clears> that. Nintendo
1: Joy-Cons. <I, clears throat>
0: yeah, that's uh <laughs> that's another matter entirely, yeah. but um, so we'll it does well. So we'll see, we'll see. But Microsoft is at least saying, "Hey, we're going to back this with a better warranty." Mm-hmm. Uh, and even better, this is my favorite part: they are decoupling the uh, the accessories, the the bag, the zip up carrying case, mm-hmm. and the extra bits and pieces from the controller itself. If you want, you can still buy mm-hmm. it for one hundred and eighty dollars, which is what it used to be. If you want the whole thing, but if you just want the controller, you don't want the additional thumbsticks and the paddles and all that stuff. 130 bucks for just the controller. It's got, of course, that really excellent rechargeable battery pack in it. Uh, the the improved D-pad, the you know customizable triggers, all the stuff that you remember from the previous Elite Stella. I know you just you just you told us at the top of the show <laughs> keep your filthy no, gamepads out of my.
1: I did hands no and
0: such a thing,
1: keyboard sir. and mouse. No, it's um, No, I I so I did try the first one and it was yeah. okay. I tried Overwatch on it and like I didn't know where to put my hands with the extra paddles, the paddles on the yeah. on the on the back so if I can customize that that would be can fine. Can also just take them off? Yeah. That's what it, I did. Honestly, I and I know that um uh, Apex with controller can be pretty cool too. So, like having that extra, like being able to do more movement with the paddles would be cool. But I just, for me, I'm just like I don't know how to hold the controller. I'll just keep to my normal controller. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm.
0: Well, but if you're playing on Xbox, this is you. This is the way to go. Yeah. This is your I best, mean, honestly. Your best bet.
1: Being able to customize it is a huge thing too. So, yeah. mm-hmm.
0: Miranda, is this uh, is this going to tempt you, particularly the customizable <laughs> Design Lab version?
3: Maybe. Maybe, yeah, probably. You, you did <laughs> tell me off
0: the them. air that you have, uh, you have a little bit of a problem when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> controllers and having lots of them, yeah. which I get it. They're, I'm, I'm rocking my design lab controller at home right now. You
3: know, the thing is, whenever I have someone over, if they need to borrow a controller, I got them. We're good. I have so many. I have like a full bin of them. And like, do I display these? I don't really have space to display them. Um, But the design lab has just been proved so much over the years. And it's so cool. And I'm really looking forward to see what they do with the elite controllers um just to kind of note i have the elite series one and a series two and they both work just fine i think it's sometimes a little bit of the luck of the draw of how well they're done and i always keep mine in my case i always put it away i don't let my cats knock them off things (laughs) Uh, that that is a thing i think one of my cats broke my dual sense controller actually which i was like how did this happen (laughs) um but with that, I think uh, it's a good investment if you just want a little bit more customization in your controller. I would say, too, that I don't only use those controllers. I do swap them out for other things, so I think that's also helped with their longevity.
0: Destin, give me your thoughts yeah. here. Are you going you gonna to dive into one? Are you going to grab one of these? Uh, well, I
2: still have my Elite, so it's working fine. Yeah. Uh I really love that they're part of Design Lab though. I think that's the biggest selling point for them because you can customize them exactly how you want them. Sure there's the Oreo looking uh black and white version, but the the fact that you can customize it to be how you want, I really really like that aspect of it. I think I think it'll be a very popular controller.
0: Yeah, and uh and, and I mean no one can ever top the all-time friend to friend public trolling that that uh <laughs> That of course, Kalief. our friend Khalif, was subjected to by Paris Lily on uh, on the showcase last year with the can cook controller. Just, what I mean, just straight legendary. Um, but yes, if you if you wanna, you could get a you could get a controller made for the for the friends maybe that you don't want to troll. You could you yeah. can have you can have them a nice like personalized gift for your for your favorite Xbox friend in your life. Uh, Alright, and then the last thing I want to cover off on just for a minute here we had heard over and over oh, there was this the Achievements leak, there's a GoldenEye 007 remake coming, oh, that's going to be cool, sure I mean, well, it got announced on the Nintendo Direct this morning, and it's really <laughs> weird because the Nintendo, the Switch version is the original game, but with online play over Nintendo Switch Online, the Xbox version will launch into Game Pass, which is great, but it is a 4K remaster, but with four-player split-screen and no online. I don't understand that. Obviously, these are two separate projects. (laughs) Yeah, how did... How does the Switch... like? I don't get it. Destin, make sense of this for me, please.
2: I can't. It doesn't make any sense. Halo Infinite gets rid of couch co-op. <laughs> GoldenEye, does, <laughs> GoldenEye puts couch co-op in, but gets rid of online. Like You're allowed to do both.
0: <laughs> I, I can't.
2: It just doesn't make any sense
0: to the me. The original experience has been updated with improved control options, including, of course, dual analog stick support, native 16x9, obviously there as well, up to 4K Ultra HD, a consistent refresh rate, and but I would hope this is at least 60 frames. I know maybe the original animations might not have been. I don't you know. I'm not you I'm not a, a knowledgeable enough about development to know if if this could actually go higher than a smooth 30. But hopefully it's at least 60. But you would think they could just run this thing at 120 on a, even in four player split screen. You would think it, this could do 120.
2: This was leaked by the mod the Xbox modding community like a year ago. By yeah. The way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a while like, back.
2: It's, it's, it's been out there for a while, and uh, uh, yeah, it's neat. I just
0: but, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. One other, I guess, nice thing because this is this is like kind of an appropriate deal. If you bought Rare Replay, you will effectively get this as a free DLC for Rare Replay. Like it, you know, it should have oh, been wow. in there, but there were a bunch of legal reasons because you know what? Some MGM owns. Mm-hmm. Bond, I don't, what, does Amazon Uh, own MGM now? I don't even remember who bought that, and of course Nintendo owned like some aspect of the game, and Rare owned it. So it was always kind of messy with this game, which is why we haven't seen this remaster project pop up until now. I will confess here, I was, I mean everybody knows this if they know me, I was a PC gamer during this era. I (laughs) never had an N64, so I never played this game I'm not optimistic that it's going to hold up in 2022. No. For, for, someone, no. That, it does for not. someone that has no yeah. nostalgia for it. I recognize, you know, th- if you have nostalgia for it, enjoy, you know, fire up your childhood, have fun. Can I share? I'm going to try this, but I'm not optimistic. Yes, Miranda, please. Very quickly.
3: Um, this is my first shooter I ever played. I played with my twin sister. My mom hated that we played. So we were <laughs> so small. But she would hide the hide the cartridge. We'd find it. We'd play and then we like, no, mom, it's fine. We're just shooting the walls. We're making wall art. And so we'd shoot the walls. Like we would actually do that. And then we get like angry at each other, then we start chasing around, start slapping each other, they start killing each other. And my mom would get so mad. That's it. That's that's my nostalgia for Goldeneye. And
0: and in defense of the shooting the walls thing too, by the way, uh, that was back then that was actually kinda mind blowing because mm-hmm. to have the the bullet decals on the walls. Mm-hmm. I remember the I believe it was Half-Life One did that too on the PC Uh, around the same time it might have been like sin or but i I remember that era when it was like oh if you shoot the wall like the bullet hole stays there it doesn't just like either never appear at all or disappear so you know it was fun to make wall art with your guns in in some of these 90s first person shooters yeah
1: yeah in the video version whoever is playing or whoever, or like the people were playing, I, it's killing me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, in fairness, they might be. This could be played with a the oh. C stick on an N sixty four controller. Oh, I, control, yeah, I suppose,
1: yeah, which no, would be like playing fair. with one
0: hand tied behind your back today, okay, right? Okay, yeah, true.
1: I I do remember. So I played this like not when it came out, but um, one of my exes had the older systems and was like, Hey, have you ever played this before? He was so confident he was going to wipe the floor with me, but I actually ended up kicking his ass and it was great. Um, yeah. So that felt good. So hopefully I can recreate that when this comes out, but you know, (laughs)
2: Uh, I don't think this game. I think for nostalgia purposes, people are really going to dig it but i think most people are going to be like what why yeah. is this a big deal you know
0: and again and forget, uh, in fairness this is one of the most legendary n64 games ever i know i I'm, yeah. I'm just this was not my thing at the time like i said cuz i was on pc so i know it's not really for me i am eager to just try it as, as I don't a know historical
3: okay for for historical
0: yeah purposes. for just a, just a, purposes. yeah historical knowledge and and see what yeah, this thing was all about
2: this was like the first Console FPS that really blew up, if, mm-hmm, if yeah. I remember correctly. And it made like Turok and all these other franchises that perfect are perfect dark today. Mm-hmm. Perfect dark, perfect and... dark
0: would not exist without this game, straight yeah,
2: up. Yes. So, so the, the problem is, I don't know, I don't think it's going to hold up the way people remember. And uh, for me, I'm going to have a blast because I, <laughs> I played it when it originally came out, and uh, I'm excited to play through the campaign again and do that uh, one mission where they're in Russia and the snow level. I really I'm like that one. Yeah. Jump off the bridge. like like there, There's some fun stuff that I'm going to get to experience because I, I'm an old <laughs> and I
0: played it, but I don't know what the general consensus is going to be. All right. Let's quickly do a trivia question now that all all three of you are back in, <laughs> back here with me, um, and then we will we will wrap it up. Oh, so, no. Kurt, you should. By the way, our Forza Horizon Five, our reigning game of the year here at IGN. I know you've all played it, so I I don't. You know, I'm hearing I'm hearing the sigh already from Miranda. The oh no sigh. But uh, give this a shot because we've all played Forza Horizon. <laughs> well, look at the look on Miranda's face. Don't look at me. Oh, my goodness. That's, <laughs> so, that's why you got to watch us on video. YouTube.com slash IGN games. The scoring, I'll remind you, is very tight. Uh, Destin picked up a point last week. We've got Miranda Ooh. eight, Destin seven, Stella six. Poor Stella hasn't been here the last, what, three weeks, I think. So. You
1: did trivia. It's fine. It's fine. Trivia goes <laughs> on. Ah, yeah. Trivia goes
0: on. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, yes. So. Kurt from Temecula, California, says all of the following car manufacturers have been represented in the Forza franchise, either Motorsport or Horizon, at one point or another. But which one is the only car manufacturer that is currently represented in Forza Horizon 5? So no previous Forza franchise knowledge needed. Forza Horizon 5. One of these four is in there now. Who is it? Is it Buick? Is it Tesla? Is it Saab? Or is it Rolls Royce? I see, oh the faces on the monitor now are just. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go, Stella, Yes.
1: I played this and I don't know. Um, there are a
0: lot of cars in the game. To be fair, it's and I uh, haven't
1: unlocked all of them. Yeah, it's, and like I've only seen a few. Ah. Oh. I don't know. Immediately, my eyes went to Rolls-Royce, but I'm also thinking Buick, and I'm like, I'm going to go with my first choice. I'm going to go with D.
0: With Rolls-Royce. Yeah. Okay. Super fancy car. Rolls-Royce.
1: I feel like I've seen... I'm probably thinking of it wrong, though. You're making me question myself, and I don't know! <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I, I guess I'll just stick with
1: it. Whatever. It's fine.
0: Okay. It's Rolls-Royce. It's fine. Miranda?
3: I'm going to go um, See, <clears throat> Saab.
0: Saab, yes. The da- now defunct Saab. <laughs> Destin, that brings us to you. I think it's Tesla. I think it's B, Tesla. All right. Well. Mm-hmm.
3: Are we all wrong?
0: <laughs> Kurt from Temecula, California has stumped the panel. No. It was Buick. I Buick's was in right there.
3: I should have gone with second one. <laughs> I had no <sighs> idea. I was
1: like. Damn it.
2: Tesla's only GT7 then.
1: Cool. I was yeah, like, is I'm a pretty sure in I have GT not 7. seen a Tesla in Forza 5. I was like, I'm pretty sure I, haven't I would seen have that remembered it. It's all.
0: not yeah. in there. Yeah. It's in GT. <laughs> G- the, the Model S is in yeah. Gran Turismo 7, and it's been, it was in <sighs> Forza Horizon 3 as DLC. Um, also, the Model S. I'm so but yes, sad. no you- Tesla currently. No Rolls Royce car. That's weird, because it's like, it weird. they're not sports cars, but they're very unique, special, cool yeah, cars.
1: I saw a really nice car, and I just realized it may have been something else. But I'm so sad, because you gave me an opportunity to change my answer. <laughs> oh, it's okay. We all, we all make mistakes.
0: Kurt, great job stumping the panel. And we'll play again next week. If anybody else out there has a good Xbox trivia question, please send it my way. The email address is unlocked. At IGN.com. Include your question. Include four multiple choice answers. Please note the correct answer in your email. And don't forget your name and your gamer tag as well. That'll bring us to the end of 561 here. Episode 561. Destin, got anything you want to promote before we hit the road? Buick was also my second choice, Stella. So don't... <laughs> yeah. okay. uh,
2: go, go check out my first spoken preview. Pretty proud of that. And uh, yeah, cookies are still
0: available at garybakery.com. Nice. Um, I'm looking up which Buick is because I'm guessing it's going to be the Grand National. But, <laughs> it um, makes sense. It's got to like, be. I
1: should have just... I'm kicking myself so hard right now. Uh,
0: Stella, take it away here.
1: Yeah. Um. Oh, the Compete Fix every Tuesday that might change though, but yeah, um, that is going to be airing later today as well. Um, also I am, (laughs) if you want to, uh, follow along with my journey to doing my first powerlifting competition next month, I will be posting a lot about that on Twitter and Instagram. So, and I can live stream it, which is great. So I'll be doing that. That's so cool. Um, Yeah. Thank you. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Very cool stuff. Uh, it was, it was actually the, the, uh, yeah. Gray national, the Buick regal GNX. Uh, that is the game. But that is the car that is in Fort Sahara. It's it's kind of the one Buick that's kind of achieved legendary status in (laughs) in car culture circles over the years. Miranda.
3: Uh, You can find me at Havoc Grows, and that's Havoc with a K on Instagram and Twitter. Also, just a very quick plug. I started a new podcast. It's called (gasps) Words and Roses. It's a stationary podcast. Very different from here, but just just throwing it out there. We post every Saturday or so. We have one episode. Episode two coming this weekend. (laughs) That's all. Um, and then also of course you can find all my work on IGN we have I think just kind of a a, a planning period and also a lot of coverage I'll be covering some news tonight for PlayStation stuff but
0: yeah we're gonna go watch that in like less than two Two hours hours here as we finish (laughs) up our recording Uh, as for me I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan Monkey Island Week (laughs) that's for me I'm so
3: excited for you Yeah, if you want to
0: enjoy it too you can but it's it's really it's for me it's fine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's mostly for you guys. This one's for me. But we've got some exclusive Return to Monkey Island stuff uh, all week. We're on, well, day two as we record. And uh, I'll just say I'm saving the best for last. Let's put it that way. On Friday. So check back if you're if you're an Adventure Game fan. Looking forward to the very unexpected return of not just Monkey Island but Ron Gilbert, the original series creator, coming back to do a new Monkey Island as well. Four. Jobert in the back. Uh, thank you so much for Get navigating us through some, some weird little tech things that will hopefully be completely invisible to you, the end user. Uh, thank you for, for that to him. Along with Destin, Miranda, and Stella, I'm Ryan. This, again, was Unlocked 561. We'll see you next week.
4: Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Join co-hosts Will and Brian as they break down the lore of a rich multiverse 50 years in the making in a lighthearted and beginner-friendly way. They cover everything from character creation options to tips for dungeon masters. There's something for everyone, no matter how long you've been playing TTRPGs. Get inspired while learning all about the unique planes of existence. Get the in-depth knowledge you need to help your combat encounters feel impactful or learn about the origins and pantheons of every race and class the game offers. No stone is left unturned as every edition of the game is explored and explained in a way that benefits players of all different levels of experience. You can expand your TTRPG horizons in a way that's as entertaining as it is educational just by listening. All you have to do is go to your favorite podcast app or YouTube and search for The Dungeon Cast.